I'm going to say what I got to say. <laughs> Livia, uh, Ryan, y'all kick in off of it, and then we'll shift over to uh, what we actually came to talk about. But we, we got to address this. We, we, can't, we, just, we need to just talk on this for a few minutes. So I'm hearing a lot of opinions everywhere. Everybody got opinions about all these young black men who stood up from state to state and said by the masses and with a force, you may kill me if you will, but I promise you, I won't be on the ground pleading for my breath. And that was the message. Now, was it done in a disorganized, unorganized method? Yes, but you, can you tell people how to mourn? No. So what are some of the things that I'm hearing? Oh, but they tore up everything. They, they destroyed everything that wasn't good for us. True. Very true. I cannot, I, me, I can't say that I can't relate. I promise I can't say I can't relate. Because I didn't have men, I promise you, I didn't have men, and look, I done spent good money on dinner. I'm picking up the biggest dinner. And he done pissed me off. I promise you, I don't care how much I spent on that dinner, how much time I put into that meal, I threw all the shit away while it was cooking on the stove. <laughs> I breathed everything straight in the trash. I did not care. I've gotten mad at home at my man and tore everything in the end now. You know, mad. Can't take it. You know, I'm sick of this, you know, and let me see. So, I mean, I get that concept of not knowing what to do with your anger, your frustration, and fear. What I'm mainly hearing is that they was wrong. They was wrong, they was wrong, they was wrong, they was wrong. And I'm hearing this from a lot of black men that are conscious, old, religious, um, talking about I come from Black Panther, I come from Gorilla, I come from this tribe, I come from that nation, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this was done incorrectly, inappropriately. This ain't going to get us nowhere, blah, 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 blah. Okay. All you conscious black men, black folks out here, and I'm talking mainly to the black men, just out here um, criticizing what these young black men did. And y'all so woke on knowledge. Okay. Well, what y'all going to do about it now other than complain? And the reason I feel why these young black men did it the way they did it, ain't that interesting, though? Everybody woke, everybody knowledge, everybody know how everything should be done. So why the young folks didn't know? What you been teaching them? You been giving them knowledge and understanding and direction? Have you? I mean, because the things that they probably need to be taught, they've never learned because you, we've never done it. We read about it. We Googled it. We saw a documentary, but we ain't done it. So we need to own our own part. How many of us have not took a young black man 
to a, a march, a protest, a vigil, had them sign a petition. How many black men, without his knowledge, have done that in their own life? But you read about it, and you hear to talk about it, and you hear to point finger and bash them. Ain't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm leaving it at that, and I'm going to let speak on it, but, you know, hey, for all this knowledge and understanding and all this wisdom everybody got, Everybody came from the greatness of this and that. And y'all want to be heard? Do y'all hear what these young black men are saying? What they are saying from state to state? They scared and they angry. Their anger is bigger than they fear. They fear is turned into anger. Right. Let's listen to what they saying and help them channel that. Organize that so we don't tear up our own community. Yeah. Uh, Olivia, Soraya, y'all, y'all going to do something today? I think I'm trying to find a good way to say it without sounding. I believe a lot of our brothers that's in this truth themselves are still afraid. You know, they got the, they have the Bible down pat. They know how to tell a woman how to be a woman. But they themselves haven't mastered how to be a man either. Mm. It's more easier said than done. So they can't really teach what they don't know themselves. And when you have arrogance controlling your household because you're into some type of knowledge, it makes it even harder. Because at the end of the day, we are emotional beings, whether we like it or not. And a lot of these men in the conscious world are suppressing that. So they're talking the talk, but not many of them are going to walk the walk. I couldn't have said that better myself. Fear. 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 People don't want to talk about that fear. <laughs> Tell a black man, and you know, and let's be mindful, okay? The black man was taught as, as, as a little bitty kid, don't cry, suck it in, man up, you know, I mean, so the black man has never really understood how to process their fear. And this is a curse that has went throughout generations to generation and it still exists today. And I've been talking to a lot of brothers here these last couple of days, and that's all I hear is fear. And they got um, elegant, smart, educated reasons, uh, righteous reasons, and all these other doggone reasons and why they won't do it and why they can't do it, but none of them are willing to say I'm scared. I don't want it to move. And, and that's true. And that's part of the problem because a lack of faith feeds there. Mm. You can see in these young kids, don't have fear because it's just not income. They've been fed up. 
you know, they're born into this chaos. So it's like they're pushed up against a wall, whereas our generations, we're not experiencing anything that they're experiencing right now. Like everybody is fed up at this point. And when you don't have the faith that you talk about, it's not helping the situation because quiet has kept a lot of these conscious brothers are scared of these young dudes because these young dudes have, for lack of better words, more heart than them. They're willing to die for whatever. Exactly. And that was their message. That was their whole message. Kill me if you must, but it ain't going down the way it's been going down. I'm gonna die fighting to the last breath. You don't get to suck you, you you don't get to put your foot in my neck and take my last breath like that. I won't I won't die begging. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's a huge thing right there. That's huge. But I guess I it's also look at it, look at our uh, grandparents and great grandparents. They were scared to teach us about who we were as a people. That's how much fear they had in their hearts. So I guess as the generations move on, you know, it will progress. And at the end of the day, y'all's will is going to be done, either way we look at it. Whether it be a conscious community or the unconscious community, his will is going to be done. Right, 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 exactly. Um, that faith part that you spoke on, that's that's so key right there. That's so key right there. Faith without work is dead and we keep dying. We keep getting killed. And 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 in the scriptures we didn't need most I didn't need very many to conquer all of them. So when Dina, when they raped Dina They took out, the brothers took out white tribes and cities off the map, decimated everybody. Uh, out of the war, Abraham, and they, when they snatched up Lot, Abraham took his back, what was it, two, three hundred, something like that, took out five kingdoms. Yeah. You know, uh, the one, the one war, uh, yeah, I said too many, too many, too many to all the scary ones go home and they bounce. Then he said, take them to the water, whoever laughed like a dog, send them home. And they did. And they kind And kind of in defense of some of the brothers that aren't speaking out, a lot of them see past this and they see what the propaganda is behind it where they're they want a civil war and they don't want to feed into that either but i guess the question is how do you close that communication barrier between the ones in the know and these young kids that are not in the know that's more of a problem yes i mean because the civil war is coming oh. whether you like it or not it it's coming it is coming. It's coming. You can't dodge it. You can't dip it. It's not. It's not possible. It's coming. So the, 
to dodge it and get the propaganda and don't don't get get caught up in the distractions and all that. That's fine, and you have to have wisdom and understanding in everything that you're doing. But to not feed into the distractions and the propaganda, does that mean to sit back and do nothing? And I hear a lot of people just say, wait on the Lord, wait on Yahweh, on Jesus, wait on Yahushua. It, it, maybe they wait on nothing. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a serious possibility. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, that's pretty much what it boils down to us. Are we ready? Are we truly ready? Ryan, what you got to say? I'm sorry, I had to mute for a bit because the kids are too loud. Couldn't hear everything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I agree. Um, that that that's very that's a good point. You know, like y'all is waiting for us to get our act together, and you know, our people they slept, they sleep for so long that you know I don't think they understand the severity. I mean, it's like until it gets it's slapped in our face, then you know. But, yeah, we have to be ready for all these things to come. And, you know, that's, um, God's waiting for us. Yeah. And that's why I say I'm not mad at these kids or whoever out there protesting and all that. Because at the end of the day, just like Abraham, just like all the others, adrenaline had a lot to do with that. And being fed up. Yeah. So... It's probably just as much on their heart as it was for Abraham and us other ones. You know, maybe y'all put that into them to go out there and do that. And let's not be foolish enough to think that it's just our people out there riding. Because it's not. Got that right. So, uh, my advice to everybody that's out here putting these young men down in all these states is riding. At least be take all that knowledge, wisdom, uh, uh, authority from on high, all that you got, and go and go help them handle that the right way. And don't tell them don't do nothing. Don't tell them to just sit home and pray about it and wait on on the Most High, wait on Jesus. Don't don't tell them that. This is war. The war is coming. Can you train the soldiers or not? That's yeah. the question. They're pretty much trained. Have you been trained? Right. Because these young kids out here, they're more on the offense, not the defense. And they need to be trained to be on defense, not offense. Exactly. 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 If you cannot, you're not tapped. If all you did was read about it and you would never be about it, don't get mad at them because they're going to be about it. And if you got all this knowledge and wisdom and understanding and experience, it's your time to step up, train, mold, evolve, channel that in the right direction. But the minute you tell them young people to stop, you lost them. Conversation over. They're not about that. So now. We addressed that. We talked about that for a minute, but let's get to what this podcast is really about. So, this is a huge thing. Mothers are not knowing how to keep their teenagers at home. And I'm, I'm making this about the daughters. I really am. 
because um, we had 75,000 black women go missing last year that the media did not talk about. Nobody talked about it. We had to form Facebook groups so we would know who was missing because wasn't nobody going to publicize it on TV, maybe here and there, a little bit there, a little bit there. You know, maybe if you Googled who's missing in your city, you would know. I mean, but this was not being talked about me, mainstream media, any type of level. So a lot of them were young women, a lot of them, they weren't my age, they weren't your age. They were Sarai's age, they were Sarai's daughter's age, you know. And um, being an admin in a couple missing children's groups, I, 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 a lot of times it crossed my mind reading these posts. These, these children are missing at age 14, 15, 16, and they missing. They was last seen at 2 o'clock at night. They was last seen at 11 o'clock at night. So-and-so dropped them off over here. What was they wearing? Uh, I think she had on this. I think she had on that. You know what I mean? And that's, that, that was like, that always bothered me. That always bothered me. And it's like, why are these children even outside this time at night? Exactly. What are they doing? You know, why Why is this? Half of this could have been avoided because they should have been at home. <laughs> why was, what's going on? So, child uh, centers back to parents not knowing how to deal with their rebellious child. First of all, we're going to talk about this from a biblical point of view. Because the scriptures clearly said, children, listen to your parents, listen to your mama, listen to your daddy, listen, do what they say. If not, your day's going to get cut off. You ain't going to live so long. You ain't going to live so good. And we ignore that. And a lot of kids feel like they ain't got to listen. They do what they want to do and all that. But man. How many kids, how many black kids do not live to see 18, 19, 20, 21, they being killed off left and right? Not only that, they getting diabetes, they getting cancer, they getting high blood pressure, they getting things that's going to kill them off before, before they live to see what age they were supposed to live to see. So, I mean... We play around with these scriptures and we twist them and, and we make all kind of reasons why. But the Bible said what it said and it's happening. Out of them 75,000 that went missing last year, how many of them was under 21? So. Something like a double-edged sword. Because those same rebellious kids that we're talking about, I'm pretty sure 80% of those are the ones out there protesting right now. And I'm pretty sure their parents told them, don't take your behind out there. So it's like, I mean, we have to face the fact that this is a rebellious generation. And a lot has to do with because parents 
aren't able to raise their children anymore. Media, social media is raising our children. Technology is raising our children. Exactly. Minds, they're growner than their parents because some of their parents don't even know how to work a computer. Yep. I know for myself, um, there's been times where, where you know, if you're not careful, you got you to constantly have your eyes on what your kids are doing, you know, because you can think your child's doing homework and then, you know, you can kind of glance at the screen and they got it on the screen up. So they can, Absolutely. you know, easily be looking at something else, you know, um, they heard about something in school and they're curious. Um, and it, it's just very important that parents have to be vigilant. You have to know what your kids are getting into because it's so much distracting, so much, so, like you said, social media. I mean, it's disgusting because, and they make it look like it's kid friendly, like Snapchat, where they got all these cute little filters that look fun and little games to entice them. And they said that while this whole COVID thing been going on, they said that the um, pedophilia was going up on Snapchat. Wow. Because people was um, recording stuff and putting up on Snapchat and um, and then even Snapchat itself, the app itself, is full of, of, of all kinds of sexually explicit articles for a child to read. So why, you know, it's like with all of this exposure, it's no wonder that kids are, you know, are, are the way they are these days. And so it's, it's really important to know what your child is on, what they're doing. Right. There's also an app called... Uh, my girlfriend put me up on game. Uh, what she say that app was called? I am, I am Mo. Um, I, I think she said it was called I am Mo. But anyway, then she told me like in the daytime, if you go on there, it looks like a really legit app. And I guess the way this app is set up, um, you can you can you can tag yourself in people's lives you know, uh, live videos and stuff. But my whole point is after a certain time of night, if you go in there, you know where to go, what to click on. <clears throat> so, okay. The girls, girls is on there, the women is on there, the young girls is on there. Doing live videos, shaking their ass. Oh my Doing the pole dance, doing all that for, uh, what do you call it, Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. And so the men's is, you know, giving them bitcoins to perform, sending money to their accounts. Uh -huh. And um, and men in prison, you know, with their cell phones, they doing it, they sending them bitcoins and stuff, and they and they, and they getting their bills paid like that. So we have to be very careful. Yep. It's hey, not, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, you know, because you brought up the point of, of shaking their butt on the camera and they're sending the money and everything. You know, I was just had this thought of like, um, it starts when they're really young where I know I've seen um, people have, you know, they throw their birthday parties for their children, you know, um, and you can observe how they're partying so hard at a child's birthday party. And they'll have the, like, the little kids, they're shaking their butts and they're cheering them on. They're like two, three years oh, yeah. old, and they're just shaking their butt. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're cheering and, them on, and, and, like, you know, like, it's okay. Like, that's normal, and that's, like, nothing right about that. But yet they can get cute, and there's nothing cute about it. And it starts when they're really young. No, I was just talking to somebody about that because we were at a birthday party. And when
the kids' birthday party was their birthday party. It had nothing. The adults were there because they were the parents of those children. Whereas nowadays, a child's birthday party is an excuse for adults to party, come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Children are watching and mimicking what they're doing at their party, adult party, at a kid's party. So it's interesting that a lot of parents, again, it goes back to talking to talk and walking to walk, where parents sometimes say, do as I say, not as I do. Well, that's easy to say because usually that child does exactly what their parents are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak on that from firsthand experience. And this is this is so true. Okay, so I did a bunch of drugs. <laughs> I did a bunch of drugs my whole life, crack, crack. Crack, what, crack, wax, match, all that? Yeah, I did it. But um, anyway, and I ain't proud about it. Um, um, but, okay, so some of my kids is, is, is doing drugs, you know. They getting high. And, you know, <clears throat> as much as I want to say, you know, my first thought is, you know, didn't you learn, you know, how, how bad this gets, you know, didn't you see how it how it tore us up? You know, why would you? I, I, I don't get to say that though. I don't get to say that. And 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 it hurts. It's painful to watch your kids follow your footsteps, however which way they doing it. You know, I mean it's it's not good to see your kids grown young men, young teenagers wrong wrong you know and they getting high and doing what they doing to the point where they can't keep their name on a w-2 and a lease you know what i mean and and having to take ownership that you know i passed that you know i i i, I participated in that that i don't care how i rocked that i don't care how i say i got out of it i don't care how i say you should have learned from me I don't care what I say. I participated in that. I kicked that off. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether they ever saw me get high, never saw me get high, it don't matter. You know, whatever my argument is, is null and void at the end of the day. You know, I mean, and I did an episode about victimization, who's hurting who, you know, and I mean, and I talked about these things. And in that episode, I'm talking about the things that the women, to the women, the very things that tore us apart is the very things that we rock and embrace. We put a cape on and we dress it up today and we make that, you know, our hero. And it's the very thing that's tearing us apart, you know what I mean? So I talked about that, you know, as far as, you know, so we running around calling ourselves bad bitch, five bitch, five bitch, all that shit, you know what I mean? And and we're doing that because we don't know how to hold on to our men and our men are dogging us and we're hurting and we don't know how to we don't know how to deal with it so we we embrace this and we make it look good. You know what I'm saying? We make it look good. So when we say so instead of saying, um, I'm the one that he comes to but he goes home to her, you know, and that hurts, you know, we say, Oh, I'm the side bitch and you can't handle him and da 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 so he comes to me you know what i mean and all of that is madness 
You know what I mean? So I have to apply that to my own life. And I have to look at my kids and I have to remember that. You know, they're doing the same thing. Uh-huh. They're doing the exact same thing, you know. So let's say that all we want. Do what I say, not as I do. And let's talk about that. Let's just stay right there for a minute. There's a lot of areas to hit right there. Some of them I'm just going to throw out there and y'all, 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 y'all pick whichever one y'all want to pick with <laughs> or add to the list or whatever. But there's some things that people, you know, a lot of times people tell you their problems and stuff and they want answers and they really don't want the answer because the truth hurts. The truth hurts. And I've had to deal with my own truth and I know how it hurts. So I'm speaking for me. <clears throat> But to say do what I say and not as I do is not is not gonna work. So we know that they program our children through the music, through the cartoons, through the commercials and all that stuff. So do we not realize just like they have that much control in their subconscious, well we do have that much control in their subconscious. So okay. <clears throat> and we're not realizing the part we play in it. So how many of us women have had these knucklehead boyfriends, baby daddies, whatever, and they was dogging us, and they was doing this, and they was doing that, and they was really writing out the manual for the children to know how to manipulate the mother. Oh. I mean, so we know what the effects are on the black boys when they see the father abuse the mother you know we know how that story plays out but are we not really aware of how that plays out for the black daughter for the black girl are we not realizing that a lot of that manifestation comes from situations like that just like you said livia you know so if i'm out here smoking weed and you know drinking and you know going over here and i got this boyfriend and he, you know, and I got that when you know, I mean, or whatever, 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 it don't even matter. But if I'm doing it, and I'm not saying that makes you a bad person, I'm not saying that makes you a bad parent. But if we really want to talk about this, we need to really talk about this. Subconsciously, you sending your kids a loud and clear message. Maybe that's why they're not listening to you. Maybe, I'm just saying maybe. That's why they ain't paying you no attention and they're going to do what they want to do because you really doing what you want to do. Now, you care about them and you don't want them to hurt. You don't want to see them fall. They don't want to see you hurt and they don't want to see you fall either, but they seeing it. So, I mean, flip flip it around. Sometimes we have to flip that around. Um, So, we got what what, what they say, pot called the skillet black. It's <laughs> something else that we need to talk about too, and this is really going to be an ouch, angry moment for a lot of parents. I, hey, it is what it is, but we got to talk about it. How many times have I heard mothers tell their daughters, "You're gonna go out there and lay up, get paid, make him give you some money." You're going to go out there and gap your legs open. You ain't going to listen to me. You're going to go out there and get, then at least get paid. Yeah. Okay. I heard that. 
Man, I literally uh, we used to take a Zumba class, and right before the Zumba class, there was a pole dancing class, and literally the instructor had her daughters on this pole dancing, and she said, if her daughters ever decided to become strippers, she would be in that front row, making it rain, telling her daughters to get your money. That's disturbing. Because we're dealing with a generation, like we said earlier, that's pretty much heartless. So they're going to go be above and beyond all those measures to get that money. And and we say that, and and we and we and we encourage this to our children, as if we don't know how the story ends. Yeah, I know I'm kind of old hoes. It's not a good look. <laughs> so you want your child to start horn? Because that's what it is, it's horn. I don't care how you flip it, dress it, talk it, it's horn. So you want your child to go whore, and then when she do whore shit, you mad. How does that work? So Ryan, have you have you have you heard anybody say that? Do you know anything about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard those stories so many different times, and you know, observed how you know um, these parents they would condone that. Like I know, um, I remember I used to see how these mothers would dress their kids. Like I mean, they would be like maybe 12, 13, 14, and they would be dressed in the most scandalous like clothing you know, and makeup and, and just all done out. And the mom, you know, she's looking, you know, this is young and she's not young, but I mean, like, dressing like the daughter, you know. And oh. it's like, like a duo situation. Like, they're both trying to, looking to get their money in that way. Like, they are um, attracting a certain type of person because they're, they're, that's what they are, but that's what she's teaching her to be. She's teaching her to be a hoe. A ho. And, um... It's disturbing to see. I mean, because these girls are really young, and sometimes you could see that they even have shows on, like these um, these pageant shows where they dress into little girls and heels and lipstick, and, and and then you got these grown men that are that judging them, and it's just like, what what is that doing to the child's mind? Like they're not even like considering that, you know? And then wonder why these children grow up to be what they are. I mean, it's sad. It's sick. Right. <laughs> you know. I remember my daughter, we stayed in West Bluff, and my, I was in the kitchen, I think I was cooking, and my kids was out in the back. We had the kitchen door open, and they was out in the back playing. How old was my daughter? She was a little girl, <laughs> to say the least. She was a little girl. She came in, and she said, Mama, and I said, what? She opened up her head. Had a whole head full of all kind of change. Pennies, nickels, nines, quarters and stuff. What did she say to me? Something to the very effect of so and so and so and so gave me he gave me this money and I I ain't even have to I didn't even have to ask for it. I didn't even have to I and the fear that struck me when she said that, you know. And she came to me, her mother. 
to show me how proud she was. Why would she come to me if that's not what she saw in me? If she was not emulating me. When a child knows what they're doing is wrong, they sneak and do it. When they know they ain't supposed to eat the cookies, they wait until you ain't looking and they go eat the cookies. If they know they ain't supposed to be on the phone, they wait until you ain't looking and they go use the phone. If they know they ain't supposed to be watching TV, they wait till you, you know. She did that too. She came to me and was proud. You know, the things that, you know, we have to consider. That was, that was all on me. I, I can't, well, that was me. That was me. <laughs> that was me all day long. Yeah, we have to be conscious of what we do. Don't pick up on these things. Yeah, sometimes we don't pick up on it. We don't realize, you know, what we're doing is uh, the children are always wanting, you know. They're, they're very stubborn and really young and they're sponges. They're doing everything. So we have to really be careful of what we do. They're watching all the time. You're right, and, and they're smarter than what you give them credit for. They're way smarter than what you give Way smarter than what you give them credit mm-hmm. for now. I tell you, you can take it or leave it, I'm, but this is the truth. Kids know what you're doing. You ain't got to do it in their face. They know what you're doing. Okay, and, and do I need to make this more real? You know when your man cheating, you ain't got to see him cheating. You ain't got to follow him to see if he's cheating. His patterns change, his behavior change. He know you do you know he doing something he ain't got no business. You know. So you wasn't there, you didn't go through his phone yet, you ain't did none of that. But you already know. You observing. Whether you say anything or not, whether you flip out or not, you know. So don't think these kids don't know. Whether I did drugs in front of my kids or never did drugs in front of my it doesn't matter. They know. I done been to too many doggone meetings with too many drug addicts set up in too many AA halls and, and her, and, and it's real. Whether you doing whatever it is you're doing, getting high, tricking, uh, 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 whatever it is you're doing, you're not doing it in front of them and you think that show. That show, that show, your saving grace is not, because these kids know. They know. So you're not getting away with nothing. And, and, and you're teaching your kids, if you just be slick enough, you can get this off. Because you're getting it off. So you're trying to get it off. You're trying to sneak and dip in that. And they don't know, and I can't let them know, and don't tell them. You know, they know. They may not know exactly what it is, but they know. And they watching how you get in their face and act like it's all good. And so when they turn around and do that to you, see, this is what I'm saying. We, 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 we say we want the solution and we ain't really ready for it. And we say this is the problem. We really don't understand what the problem is. Is. We really don't even understand what the problem is. Yeah. That's um that self checking is so important. We can't we that's not that's something that we have to take seriously. Because I you know, the kids they're always watching. They're smarter than we give them credit for. We have to be willing to look at ourselves so that way they don't repeat our mistakes. 
Right, right, right. So I cuss. So cuss in front of my kids. So I know, I, you know, when your kids go to school and shit, they cuss. You know, because you do it. So when, 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 uh, when they get a little bit older and they start cussing in front of you, <laughs> what, what you gonna say? Other than she got it on us, got it from me, you know. And, and here we go again, putting a cape on on the atrocities. Right. I mean, I, I'm just saying, it's what it is. And I've done it. I've said it. You know, I've said, oh, they got, uh, yeah, okay. They got it honest. Is that honest? How do we say honest? How, how do we use that word? Is honest uh, just called for? That's the fucked up shit I do, and now they doing it too, and I can't say shit, so I'm just gonna say they got it honest. <laughs> but you know, I mean, but we 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 gonna keep it moving because this is this is not the this is not the this is not even the situation for a lot of you know some parents they they don't do none of that you know their kids are just re rebellious period you know because of society but. We do have to think about all of these things. You know, a lot of parents is tired. They dealing with this. They dealing with that. They, you know, I mean, sit down, watch TV. You know, and TV and social media and all that is raising your child, whether you want to believe it or not. You know, I've heard parents say, "I gave my children the world, and they disrespect me." It's hard to make them understand that you gave your children the world. That means you gave your children to the world. That's a hard that's a hard one right there to swallow. If you bought them every single shoe they want, every outfit they needed, every designer this, every designer that, if they ain't stayed up to date on everything on the phones and games and all of that, you know what I mean? <clears throat> then you have literally taught your children that this is what's valuable, this is what makes you happy. This is what's good. This is what you should have in order to be happy. So when they get older and they go pursue that and they ain't got time for you, you're no longer providing these things. And if you don't provide these things, they're gonna they're they're gonna dip on you. We have to take all these things into consideration. We really have to take all these things into consideration. I've talked about it before. I've told parents sometimes you might, you know, it's a good thing to hit the power box. You turn off all the damn power for the next three days. Tell them we ain't we ain't we ain't got no lights, we ain't got nothing. Now let's figure it out. <laughs> How we gonna live? How we gonna operate? You know what I mean? If children don't understand, you know, we got we got kids that the, the teenagers are getting jobs and stuff. You don't wanna ask them for rent, you don't wanna do that. But then they don't know how to take care of themselves. Just because they kids, if they old enough to work, they old enough to work because it's time them it's time to teach them what to do with that money. Time to teach them the responsibilities that come along with that money, what that money is about. So they get the money and they go buy their little nails and they weave and they this and they that and da 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 and you're kinda happy because now you ain't gotta buy it. You know, but do they know what it means to sacrifice? Do they know what it really means? When that man, when that when that rent man say, "I want my money," and in five days I'm attack on fifty dollars, <laughs> then, then then every day 
you still late. I'm gonna pack on. I'm gonna tack on five more dollars, and in thirty days, I'm gonna give you an eviction. Do they really know what it means to get that bill in the mail that says disconnect notice? You owe six hundred. Paid by. I mean, and these are the times. You know, while they're under your roof, while they're under your safety, while they're under your protection, to teach them these things, to teach them how to save money, to teach them how to invest, to teach them how to, uh, how, what do you call it, uh, uh, what, what do you call it, what, what is them plans, uh, you know, all them plans and saving plans that you have, you know what I'm talking about, invest, you know, for your future and all that. All them things that you do so when you get older and you get sick, you got money to, to buy the good insurance you need so you can get the medication you need and stuff like that, you know, so if everything goes pot to hell, you still be all right. <laughs> and, we're not, and, you know, we don't teach these, these things to our kids and what it, what, what it means to sacrifice, and that's my whole point, saying all this. The children don't learn how to sacrifice and they don't know how to sacrifice. They don't know what it means. So, you know, hey, I'm just putting that out there. But uh, <clears throat> let's let's just switch up a little bit. Um, I want to talk about when we were teenagers. When we were teenagers, what were we doing that was right? What was we doing that was wrong? How sneaky was we? What did we get away with? What did we get caught with? What did our parents do to us? Well, I'm gonna let y'all kick that off. Quiet as a cap. A lot of us was doing the same thing these kids are doing now. The parents just wasn't able to see it because the technology was not there. What do you do, Olivia? Me? I, I, I was pretty much a nerd. I ain't gonna lie. I was scared of whooping. I mean, I I guess me and my friends would stay out later than we were supposed to, but I've, I've always had an old soul to where when I see my friends going left, I was moving to the right. You know, not to say we didn't get into fights. and We did simple stuff, throw rocks and things like that. But, you know, I had friends that were... I had girlfriends that were having abortions at 14 and 15 years old, sleeping with grown men. And the only reason their parents didn't find out again is because we didn't have social media back then. You sure right. You know how we knew when somebody was screwing uh, when we was little? So the food didn't have hormones in it like it do now, you know, because I've heard girls tell other girls, you just need to drink milk. You need to drink more milk. Your body, will, your, your breasts will come out. Your booty will come out. Drink more milk. Drink this. Eat that. It's full of hormones. They didn't did more research than you do. When your mama cooks this, eat a whole bunch of it. It's going to help your body to develop. You're going to look grown quick. And see, we didn't have all the hormones and stuff in our food growing up. So we kind of knew when somebody was screwing because they probably started the festival quickly than everybody else. That and was about it. That was the time. Right. Right. Exactly. 
Today, right now, there are 3 million children on psychiatric medication. Right now, today. In America, not the world, in America. And they got, they got anxiety disorders. They got, uh, uh, oppositional defiant disorders. They got ADD, you know, they got all these titles that they putting on the kids. And they, and now they got to take a pill. So the child is being taught that I have to be under medication or I won't act right. And then when the child get older, they choose their own medication. Which is usually weed, liquor. That's how, you know, that's how it kicks off. You know, the medication changes. But you know what I mean. It's a huge thing right there. So how do you balance that out? Let's talk about this. What do we do? Educate our children. So we're not going to knock our kids out. What is we going to do? And they rebellious. they yelling at us. we telling them stay home. They're sneaking out. They want to do whatever they want to do. They, you know, what, 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 what do we do? If we're not going to knock their ass now, what, what is we going to do? Keep planting the seed at this point and let y'all water it because they're doing what they want to do. I mean, what can we do? We can't kill them. I mean, they take punches like water nowadays because they're that rebellious. Now, I don't even want to keep saying they're rebellious. They're just, they're, their skin is much tougher than what ours was. But I also think we have to give them more positive outlooks in life. They're not being, they're being fed death instead of life how many people are out there speaking life into these kids have you seen Livia have you seen have you seen the, the what they, they're about to send the kids back to school I watched the I watched the thing an article yesterday of the kids I sent it to Soraya of what the what the what the, what the, what the school looked like Plastic everywhere. It looks like uh, a decontamination thing, you know, where they put everything off in plastic in sections, like they had, like they needed to decontaminate. De you know, what I'm trying to say de decontaminate the place. I was so, it was so incredibly disturbing. So take, just get an image of an office of a building of an office and everybody is in cubicles. Replace all the cubicles with plastic and put a mask on. And this is what they send in our kids back to school in. More fear mongering too. Imagine going to school in that, you know, that's putting fear in their heads, you know, they're probably feeling like being isolated, that, that feeling of being isolated makes them feel like they're infected or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, 
It's heartbreaking. It's sad. So, I mean, we are fighting the system. The very system that we fought to get in, we have to fight to get out of. Right. So, a lot of states is requiring vaccinations. A series of a lot of states is requiring vaccinations. A series of vaccinations for your child to go to school, and they they don't even care if you medically cannot receive that vaccination. You just can't go to school. And then they go to school. And, 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 and their hair is a problem. So we got all these issues going around. Can they graduate with their hair? Can they come to school with their hair? You know, all this stuff about the hair going on. And they create laws and say, here in our state, you can wear your hair like you want to. You know what I mean? But on the flip side of that, we got LGBT going on in the schools now. They teaching LGBT history, you know, at a very young age. They're telling you, you know, they got schools that saying you they, they can use the same bathroom. They said they a boy. They said they a girl. The boy said he a girl, so if he wants to change clothes in your dressing room, he has that right, you know what I mean? So a lot of things is going on, and it's just like I keep screaming, take your kids out these schools. You know, I mean, people hate it when I talk against what Martin Luther King did, but I think Martin Luther King, the worst thing he could ever did was uh, made us yearn to put our kids in day schools. I think that's the worst thing we could have ever done. I think that was horribly wrong. And we today, if we have our own Black-owned schools, and we teaching our kids the real things that need to be taught because they, they're not being taught how to live in life. They're not being taught survival. They're not being taught how to process things. They're not being taught any of that. They're being taught how to get a degree, get an education, so you can go out there and make somebody else super rich. And we'll give you a bunch of money depending on how much you invest in getting them rich. You know what I mean, what I'm saying? But they have no skills, no social skills, no, no spirituality, no nothing as far as how do I get through day-to-day -day life. And so... I think that's why we continue to fight to get our kids out of these, to get the schools to don't do this. Let my child wear their hair. Let my child graduate. Don't hit my child. Don't don't make nooses. Don't you know? Don't do any of that that you're doing that they're doing all the time. And the answer to me is, get your kids up out them schools. <laughs> get your kids up out them schools. You know what I mean? But we keep our kids in them schools, and we keep pleading and fighting and trying to make causes and petitions. Get you know, I just read an article where the where the teacher is on suspended with pay. Jasmine Johnson did that did that whole uh, did the video on that about uh, teacher on suspension. Three teachers are on suspension with pay, and they were making jewelry. They were making nooses. 
Huh. It thought it was wow. cute. Huh. They were making jewelry, little little noose earrings, you know, but they, they put a little spin on it, you know, like, you know, but they were calling it nooses, you know. They were nooses. Don't nobody know these teachers' names, none of that. Don't nobody know who these teachers are, but they suspended at home. So everybody wants to attack that. Always going to be the next thing to attack. Attack it from the point of I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> My child won't be back. <laughs> How about that? That's come home and ask them about every single thing that happened today to ask them and they say well Johnny this and Johnny that well what what do you and Johnny talk about you know what I mean uh-huh. and you'll hear the racist stuff that's going on it will blow your mind you it will catch you off guard you you do not see it coming yeah. you just don't see it coming and it and it blows your mind but it's happening and it's real and, and this is where we get stuck at. Well, well, what do I do? I don't have time to homeschool my kids. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I can't. I don't have the resources. I don't have the money. Blah 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 blah. <clears throat> but again, how do we kick this whole podcast off? State the same. Young black men is standing up saying, "I'm tired." So they're not just tired of the police. They tired of the school system. Because these, these brothers have been told, they, you know, been told and their friends been told, you can't graduate with them locks. You know what I mean? And, and all of this has been going on. All of it. They sick of more. It's not just the police they standing up against. It's a lot of pressure on them. Mm-hmm. But Soraya, how how do we deal with uh, children rebellion? How, how, what, 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 what do you think we should do? You know, so we're not gonna knock their teeth out. We're, we're, okay, we're not gonna do that. I mean, I would, but you know, I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy all the time because you know, teenagers they. Especially again, it was social media, you know, the media, they, they got what they watch, you know, it has a lot of influence over them when they go to school, you know, the, 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 what the kids are talking about, and they think they know everything. And, you know, as a parent, you're trying to protect them and, you know, let them know that, no, I, I'm letting you know from experience, you don't want to do that, you know. Um, but unfortunately, it, it, it's, it's hard, you know, because I know for me, my daughter, um, there's times where she wants to just go out um, and with her friend and, you know, this, actually, I, was, I got really upset um, was a few weeks ago where last minute, all of a sudden, she dropped me, oh, okay, I, I'm going to go out with my friend. Um, yeah, we just, we're going to go go to the park or something, to Taco Bell, something like that. 
And I was like, oh, why are you just not springing this on me? You can tell me about this person. I don't know this person's name. I don't know anything. And she got emotional about it and started crying. And because, you know, I know how you get. And you're going you're gonna to say no and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm your parent. I'm supposed to know these things. Like, why do you think that it's okay to just all of a sudden just say, okay, I'm going out, bye. And you don't tell me anything. So, like, yeah. these Kings, they really think they're grown. They think they know everything. They don't understand how serious it is out in these streets that you can't just go somewhere and not tell me anything and think that's okay. And I and I was basically had to break that down to her. And um, you know, especially in the climate that we are we are in today, like this is not a game. You know, um, 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 young women should not just be hanging out. You know, so um, for me, I have to like. You know, I have to break these things down. I don't care how raw it is. Like, I think it's good to to give them the raw um, understanding of what's going on, so that way they can see the seriousness of it. And I think now she's starting to get it more, especially with what's going on with the shootings and everything. Um, but yeah, I, as a parent, I have to just always be on top of her because you know they they can get really rebellious and, and want to do what they want to do what they want to do. Yeah. You know, Cody, you brought up a you brought up a really valid point. And so uh when I used to have a little Facebook group, um, y'all y'all was a part of that that y'all was my admins. <laughs> Gatekeepers of my tribe. And, you know, it was dedicated to the black parents to understand what was going on in the community, what was going on, what was you up against with your children. And when I was studying the whole pedophilia and grooming and all of this stuff and all of this, what, this was what was amazing to me. This was very amazing. And I didn't watch one or two videos. I watched lots and lots of videos and on YouTube and there were hundreds of these videos, all different, all with the same plot and thing. So many, so, okay. So anyway, this is what it was. Parents, it was, it was people that was challenging their parents is what a lot of videos were. People were challenging the parents. They were saying, have you trained your child to not, you know, da 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 Don't talk to boys on social media. You know, don't open your door, don't sneak, go see them. And even down to the little kids, when you're at the playground, don't, don't, don't talk to strangers, you know. You know, all of these things. And parents had swore up and down. I have drilled this into my child's head. I know my child wouldn't do this. I know they fully understand how dangerous this is. We've talked about it over and over. I've talked about it. The dad talked about it. The big sister, the auntie, the auntie. We've all talked about this over and over and over. My kids know they won't do it. And they put it to the test. And every single time, 85% of the time, and I might be loose on that, they set the scene up. They created fake accounts, you know, with the parents, you know. Created fake accounts, hit their kids up, and what? 
Not only were the kids doing the exact opposite, so they would say, okay, is your mama home now? No, okay, I'm up the street. I'm on my way. Open the door. Now, they've never met this individual. They think he's 16, like them, and they open the door. Luckily, they opened the door to their parents, who was mad as hell, but was shocked. Was in such a state of shock, they couldn't believe it. It was... They were so dumbfounded, you know, and it happened over and over and over. I mean, it happened to the point where they was telling the kids, telling the, the teenagers, meet me at such and such park. I'll be in a white van with tinted windows. <laughs> and the kids was going, the girls were going. They were showing up. And it was just, it blew my mind and it blew every single parent's mind because they swore. They just were confident, not my child. So it's, this is very, very serious. It's very, very serious. Yeah. That's disturbing. Um, you know, because I, you know, as a, as a teenager, I have to admit, I was a rebellious teenager. Um, because, you know, my parents, I grew up in a religious household, and um, they were very overprotective. I wasn't someone that was, like, in the streets or anything. But then when I got to, a, um, you know, to be, like, about 17, then I I guess I felt like I was a little grown. I got my little job. I felt like I, you know, had a little money. I thought, okay, I'm going to go out and do my own thing. But, you know, my parents, they... I think they thought that, oh, we raised her okay, we're, you know, we're Jehovah's Witnesses, she wouldn't do that. <laughs> but my parents, they were very naive, and they weren't watching me at all. Like, they were just very, like, they, I guess they were just that confident. <laughs> and I knew that. As a teenager, I knew that they weren't watching me, and so I did whatever I wanted to do, you know. And so, you know, bringing back that point again, like, if you're not really a checking your kids constantly like i don't care if they're uncomfortable with it and that makes you the, the bad parent the nosy parent or whatever and they hate your guts for it but hey i'd rather do that than to you know pretend like my child is okay and that they assume that they um that by what i told them is going to the uh it's going to be you know make them oh they're not going to do that and i'm going to believe that because kids are sneaky they'll just go up and do whatever they want you know just right. because they think they're you know, so you can never be too confident and cocky about that type of stuff. You have to really be, be on watch constantly. Yeah. This is my experience, and this is what I did. So my children were in foster care at different times. And my daughter was in this foster home, and she didn't want to be there. And how old was she? She, she nine? She was little girl. She was a little girl. She had a whole bunch of heart. <laughs> and by the time they told me she was like, dad already got her back home. You know, nobody told me on the spot. I, I, it would have been a problem. It would have been a huge problem because she left school and just went walking. Just went walking. I ain't going back home. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm running away. And while and the street she walked down, when they told me, 
fear went through my heart, you know, because she walked down the street that I hold up and down, that I did drugs and turned tricks on up and down. So I knew firsthand who was on them streets and what they would do. And they told me, <laughs> I probably found my daughter real quick. God <laughs> went through. <laughs> it, yeah, that, oh man. But, you know, anyway, so she walked till. I don't think they got a hold to her till I think it was nine o'clock that night or something. It was it was late, and she had walked I think from like oh, I'm gonna say 12th Street all the way down. Then she was like on 45th Street or something by the time. And what happened was she was tired. She was tired and hungry. She wanted now she ready to go home. She don't know where she going. She don't walk the little brains out. She tired. Her legs weak. She hungry, thirsty. And I think she walked up in a Burger King or something and was like, call my people, you know, I need to go home. You know what I mean? And so they came and got her. She was so unaware of how dangerous that was. Now, what I want to say is when, when, when they told it to me and I was getting my visitations at that time, so we did the visitation. They brought the kids for the visitation. And I told the DFS woman, look, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but I, I, I got to address my daughter, and I'm going to ask you to step back and let me do this my way. And um, so she says, okay, and I say, okay. You know, the woman is very skeptical, but she, I guess she kind of was like, okay, well, I'm just going to monitor it. So, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, and I'm just talking to my daughter, you know, and she's She's telling me about it and da 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 And while she's talking, I just politely get up and I'm walking around. You know what I mean? I'm listening, Robin. I'm listening. Oh. Anyway, she said she's walking around. And so I kind of walk up behind her and I and I had something in my hand. Maybe it was a marker or something like that. And I grabbed her. And I put it to the back of her head, and she, you know, and she flinched. And I said, oh, don't move, don't move. And she was like, Mama, I said, I'm not your mama. I'm a racist. I've been getting high doing all kind of drugs, and you look cute, and I'm finna have sex with you. And she said, Mama, quit. And I just kept saying, I'm not your mama. I'm a racist. Don't move. And she started getting, it started clicking in her head, you know. She started getting very nervous. And the more nervous and frightened she got, I just said, you know, I see you nervous. I see you frightened. And that's turning me on. I'm loving it. I'm getting off on this. this is, I love it. Keep doing it. Why I do it? I have to do this. This is turning me on. This is exactly what I want. What you going to do, little girl? You know what I mean? I pumped that fear in her. You know, and, and, and the DFS woman, she, she didn't say anything. She just sat there and watched me. And when by the time I got done, I said, you know, this is how real it is. This is how real it is. And this is what it could have been. And if you run off again, this is what it can be. And it says, take that fear and remember it. And and I was I was pretty raw about it, you know. I was, you know, I'm going to take your clothes off. I am going to rape you. I'm going to beat you. 
I'm going to hold your mouth. I'm going to hold your throat. I'm going to put a knife to your throat. I mean, I was very graphic about it. I mean, you know, as graphic as I could be for her age, but I was pretty graphic about it. I needed her to understand. This is, I needed her to feel that fear. I needed that fear to stay with her, you know, and when I had the group, I kept encouraging, 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 telling the parents, do role playing, role play, role play. What they're doing in the videos, you do it, you know, role play. Your children need to be in the situation because I don't think it's so much that the kids are just like, I don't give a damn what my mama talking about, I'm going to do what I want to do. but. The person that they're talking to and the pressure that they are up against is more convincing in that moment because they are dealing with that child's emotions. The little boys are the predators. They're all dealing with the kids. They friends. They're all using peer pressure, feeding on their emotions to override their logic. And we do that as adults all the time. So don't think the kids ain't doing it too. It's, we get stuck and caught up off emotions that override our lives all the time, and this happens with the kids. And this is why a lot of the kids have the information and they know that they've not experienced it. They have not experienced it. Which goes back to what I was saying when we kicked off this podcast. A lot of us want is analyzing these things and we're talking about it and we're giving our own jacked up opinion about it. But you know what? We've not even we've not even walked in these shoes. We don't even know what it feels like. We've never rioted. We've never uh, marched. We've never went to a vigil. We've never signed a petition. You know, between church and casinos, we never gave away money. You know what I mean? It's just we don't understand. And these kids get caught up in these emotions. And I don't care how many times you tell your child, don't. Don't don't listen to that little boy. When that little boy say you cute, I like you. You the cutest girl in the class. I can't get my mind off you. I had to call you first thing because I've been thinking about you all night. I couldn't even sleep. That's gonna override everything you every computer program you wrote in that child's head. It's just been immediately overridden. And if your child does not have the experience on what to do and how to process that your child is not prepared you have not prepared your child and i kept encouraging people role play put your children in this situation so they can understand totally what happened what this is about like they need to like know so before they put you in a plane they do uh, simulation. Before they put you in the car, they do simulation. That simulation will prepare you for what you got coming when you get behind the wheel. And this is what I was trying to encourage the parents to do. Do the simulation. So when real life, they've already, they've kind of gotten in contact with some of them feelings, they've gotten in contact with some of them emotions. We play this stuff out. You know, we kind of know, you know, you you just it just increases their chances. Yeah. But um, what I want to talk about, and this may be the last thing I really want to address, because we we we've had a couple 
we've hit a couple of important areas. Um, but, but, but one of the main things that I want to talk about in is, okay, so we know our children is not just going to sit at home. And this is always, it's been that way a lot of times. But when I was growing up, there was a lot of centers in the black community. So there was always a boys and girls club, this, this park had a community center, this place had a community center, you know what I mean. And so the children had somewhere to go where they would be safe and they could get all the energy out and, it, and, and they were protected. So they could go there, do your homework, get your snack, your little mini meal before you get home, and um, have your little talk. And then you, we, we play games. You, you was playing foosball, tetherball, uh, basketball. You was going swimming. They would load you up in a little YMCA van and, and take you on little field trips and stuff. You know what I mean? There's a lot of community centers in the neighborhood where the kids could go. Uh, I want y'all to talk about that because we don't have these pl in place in our black community. So our children have no place to go. They literally have no place to go that's constructive. You know what I mean? And I, 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 people going to catch feelings of this. Spend it how you want, take it how you want. I'm sorry. So we got a lot of black communities. So we got these mega churches and stuff going on where they buying up the whole block. Do are they opening community centers for the youth? I do not see community centers going on. I see some here and there, but we need to talk about this. And it's not. This is not just a hit to black churches. This is a hit to a lot of us. A whole lot of us, all of us. We opening up liquor stores. We are we opening up uh, weave shops. We open up this and that and this and that. You know, we want the support of the black community and let's support our black owned businesses. Well, if our black owned businesses really supported us and we had these things in place for our children, our children are the future. You know, what if these were the sacrifices we were making? And this is not to take away from black business owners at all. But this is too, um, but, but, but this is real and we need to talk about it. So, yeah. And along those lines, while we're talking about that, one thing that I always saw my white friends doing, parents doing, and I'm just, I'm just looking at this. I saw them teaching their children, um, second languages, so they were learning French and all this stuff, and, and they were putting them in ballerina classes, and they were putting them in t-ball and football, you know, and, and, and gymnastics and stuff, and, and violins and, you know, and, and drums and all of that, you know, they kept their children doing other things, and eventually that child figured out exactly what their passion was. I want to be a gymnast, you know. I. I I want to play the flute, you know what I mean? I want, I want, you know, and, and they, and, and that child's passion and desire was in that, and that's what that child did. They went to practice. Every time there was a practice, they was there, you know what I mean? When they was at home, they was practicing, you know what I mean? And, and that manifested in that child's life. So that child did have a focus and a purpose, and they were devoted to it. 
So with them two pieces of information, will y'all please both speak on this? I'll let you go ahead and, and talk about this one. And I'll chime in. I'm sorry, I was on I had my phone on mute. I was talking and no one heard me. Um I was um I was saying I was saying that my um my husband he was that's it up. I might just stop. That's a sad reality in our community. Uh, my husband was telling me that, you know, there was many times where they would have um, PTA meetings in the school and they would ask the parents to donate for, you know, more school activities, you know, different things for the kids to do in the school. But most of the time they would come up short. Like, they wouldn't even meet their goals. Like, the parents don't support their children. But yet they don't mind um, giving them like twenty twenty to a hundred dollars to go on a, a field trip, but they won't like put the money in the school. So it's like their priorities are, are, are not in the right place. Um, and it's sad to see that, you know, it's rare to see um, community centers. That's rare to see. I'm, I remember growing up, we did have like, it wasn't many, but we did have at least a I'm sorry, I can't hear you guys anymore. Soraya. Soraya. <laughs> Hello? Do you hear me now? Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know what the last thing you heard me say. Um, that, that you didn't have a lot of community students, but, and that's nothing I heard. Uh oh. Right, yeah. Growing up, we we had at least one community center in the neighborhood, and then we would have the, the the neighborhood library where, you know, many children would go after school, and they would have, like, little activities for children to do there. Um, but it's, it's, we, children now, they don't have too much of that. They don't, you know, most of the time after school, children go home, and they're just playing video games. Um, it's either that or they're just getting into um, trouble. And um, it would... It'd be awesome to see some, um, our, our people get behind more, uh, put money into the community and not into, like you said, um, uh, things that's not going to profit the kids. And, and I really, it's sad because I feel like our children are like an afterthought, basically. No one's thinking of the future. The children, the, the children are supposed to be the future, but no one's considering them. You're right, Cody. I see a lot of black-owned businesses open up fish joints, barbecue joints, soul food joints. You know what I mean? And I, and I, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but this is what I'm seeing, and I'm telling you what I'm not seeing, and that's a problem. And that, that that's mm -hmm. across the board. I'm seeing people take their whole life savings, get their loans and stuff, and invest it in their future. <laughs> And, and and we're supposed to, you know, give all this money and go support our, 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 our black owners and our mom and pops and all of that, but you know we we need to support each other in the appropriate way. Shea butter, fish, green, barbecue, African gear, T shirts, that's great. But that's it. That's it. And this is something that our children are seeing. 
And they, they also realize they are afterthoughts. They, they realize it. Yeah. Olivia? Yes? You want to hit on that? What part you want me to hit on? Whatever part you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys pretty enough, pretty much said it. I mean, at this, I think it works both ways. Parents have to definitely be more active in their children's lives, and children need more things to do to distract them from all this chaos and other stuff that's going on. Sorry. But, and a lot of thing is, you know, when we were growing up, we deal with racism and things like that, but a lot of our people we looked up to, they had passion for what they did. Mm. about money, and there's no passion at all whatsoever. You know, Libya, I asked a question in one of my groups. I said, well, who was the last black leader that we had? Do you know the answers I got? Oh. Tupac. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all they know. They were serious. They were serious. Call them Black Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I you know, so I hear people say, well, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Farrakhan, all them, they did all that. Mark, they did all that and they all got killed. And look where we are 50 years later. Well, okay, after they got killed, who took their place? Who picked up that baton and said, I'm, I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to go to the next level in this race. We didn't have any more black leaders. The fear kicked in. The fear kicked in. We didn't have any more black leaders. Nobody else stood up and said, I'm the next one willing to die. I'm the next one willing to sacrifice. I'm the next one, you know, follow me. And and, and, when I, and I've had conversations about this. Well, you know, that, you know, people don't, and, and I've had too many conversations about this on too many levels, not just as far as being a leader, but as far as even why the black man feels like he doesn't need to protect the black woman and all of this. And, you know, all these different things. And it's like, and, you know, they, they're going to oppose me, you know, or I try, when nobody's paying me no attention, when nobody giving me my props, you know, everybody's just, you know. <clears throat> and I'm going to say one or two things about that, and then we're going to bring this to a close. But, okay, first thing you got to know is when they teach you, uh, when, they, when they turn in the lifeguards and stuff, the main thing they have to train the lifeguards to understand and be prepared for and know how to combat is when they go to say somebody that's drowning, that person is going to fight them. They are hysterical. They don't know what's going on. And when you go to rescue them, that chances are they're not going to um, embrace you and listen to you. They're in a hysterical state and they are going to fight you and you got to know how to handle that. And if you think 
that being a black leader means everybody's in your team, on your corner, you got another thing coming. You have to have the passion. And you have to have the passion. We want to say that we got all this faith and stuff and we, we, we believe in all of this. Well, okay, was not the Messiah persecuted? Was not every battle he had against his own people? Was it not his own people that took him out? Every fight he had was against his own people. They was they was they they had power, they had political power, they had religious power. Some of them was just thugs, you know. I mean but it was their own people. But he led anyway. Same thing with every black leader we've had in history. Harriet Tubman, when she took people to free them, a lot of times she had to pull guns on them because they got scared and they wanted to revolt and go back. And she was like, I can't let you go back because you're scared already. And that fear, they're going to ask you and you're going to tell and this whole thing going to get shut down. But you want to pick a side. You either going to follow through with this or you're going to die. You know, but these are the choices that we had to, that they had to be prepared for. People will fight you. Your kids, you are their leaders, and they are going to fight you. But if we do not lead, they cannot follow. Yeah. That's so I pray all of us knowledgeable, righteous, religious people, we from the tribe of this, the nation of that, we was in this movement in that party and we gorilla and we did blah, 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 blah. okay. I pray that we can take all of that information and knowledge and consciousness and wokeness and religiousness and anointedness and, and and make this revolution that everybody's calling a riot, but take this revolution to the next level and make it effective where it failed and where where it went wrong, correct them. And I pray all the mothers listening to this, I'm sorry, you know, but it, it, I, I put myself out there. I told on myself. I told on myself every chance I got. And I tell y'all to learn from my mistakes. And I know I said some things that people gonna hear this and they gonna catch feelings and they gonna feel some type of way. I pray at some point you sit down and think about it, because it's just that serious and it's just that real. I appreciate y'all so much for taking this time to come on and talk to the young mothers about these situations and 